Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Hulahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or shows like this one that ran only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. He's going to move slower than Keanu Reeves after a turkey dinner. We are doing the 2004 attempted reboot of Mr. Ed. Woohoo! As voted on by our lovely patrons. With whom I'm going to have some words. They love it when we do fun talking animals shows. And after the last couple of episodes, we need a fun talking animal show that's just silly and quirky and not problematic. Let's pour one out. Uh, so I have uh, peanut butter whiskey, mm-hmm. because pouring peanut butter on another character ends up being a plot point, uh, in a cup of tea, because I like tea. Very nice. The How tea, is it? The tea doesn't have a point. It, it's good. It's cinnamon tea, so it's got that like peanut butter cinnamon taste. Did you mention that it's in your Rocket Raccoon mug? No. It's, relevant. Relevant. Yeah, it's in, my, it's in a better talking animal. <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense. I, I love this mug. It says more than a trash panda and has Rocket Raccoon on it. Uh, it pleases me. So, uh, Mr. Ed has whiskey in, in this show. So, I have the broken leg. It's just a shot. Oh. Guess how I feel about this show. Ah! Yeah, this is another another rough one. Um... This is a mid-2000s show that falls victim to what a lot of mid-2000s shows fall victim to, which is uh, network edgy. Oh, yes. Which is just edgy without clever. You, Someone in a boardroom meeting 100% said, this isn't your grandma's Mr. It. Those, yes. That phrase had to have been used in the pitch meeting. We are going to talk about this abomination of a show where they tried to bring back the beloved Mr. Ed. I mean, Mr. Ed and this is Poochie. <laughs> All right, that's interesting. So. No, it's Sherman, right? Oh, I just meant like that's the I character. Know, I'm um, so we get the, the voiceover, New York City, the noise, the lights, the excitement. Too much excitement for a 15-year-old girl. Yes, we start with, like, the sprawling buildings of New York, and then it's literally like, never mind, here's a farm. And I was like, Mr. Ed in the city at least makes sense as doing something different. But no, all right, we're back at the farm. Whatever. So, in it we find out 15-year-old Amanda uh, went clubbing, got drunk, and barfed on a cop. Yes. And her father uprooted their entire family and moved them out to a farm. Uh, For the record, I misheard her. I thought she farted on a cop. Which is funnier. (laughs) Like, I thought she got in trouble because she was like, I'll take this cop, or... 
But no, she probably got drunk and threw up on a cop? They said That's what they said. Like, okay. she went clubbing, got drunk, and barfed on a cop underage. Okay. I like my canon better. So, Wilbur is a lawyer. Yes. Who moved out to the country, where I'm sure there's lots of opportunities for lawyers. And... Yeah, in small farm towns. And from the sound of it, he unilaterally uproots his family. And can, like, does not consult anyone else in any way. Yes. Because no one's thrilled about it. No one's happy about it. And, like, he's moving to a farm to continue to be a lawyer. Yeah. Like, you'd imagine, since it's a farm, there'd be, like, an area to grow crops that is just going to sit empty. Because no one talks about farming the entire show. No. And there's no hint that any of them like farming. There's no reason for them to have moved out to the country when they could have moved out to a suburb. Yeah. Like, there's not a reason for country over suburb. Yeah, he didn't, like, inherit the farm or something like that. He's just at the farm. Because when he mentions his law office, his wife rightly points out, who are you going to represent? People who steal pies off other people's windowsills? Yes. Which is weird that she brought this up after they moved. And again, we know we don't know a lot about her. Yeah, we. This is what we, we kind of get. This is like the establishing character stuff. Wilbur is... Like, your typical main character. Like, he's flawed, but he's funny, so it's fine. The wife nags. Like, horse she, pun? Horse pun intended? Yeah! <laughs> uh, because she doesn't, like, she doesn't have any other character traits. No. The daughter is attractive and young. She's 15. Like, that's basically all we get out of. Yeah, she's a hot 15-year-old. And then, like, there's just a sprinkling of this little brother being a psychopath. Yeah, but we don't spend really any time. But, like, any time that the little brother speaks, there's, like, this edge of being insane. That they're, like, just kind of sprinkling in. But we, we spend almost no time with little Danny. Right. And, you know, moving your son Danny out to isolation... Definitely never has yeah. any bad consequences. What, what a great idea. All we needed was like a weird neighbor girl or, you know, maybe two weird neighbor girls asking him to come play with them. Mm-hmm. Come play with us, Danny. Ever and ever and ever. Uh, so there's a handyman who kind of comes with the property. And the young son points out the horse that we know, we obviously know is Mr. Ed because we are aware of what we're watching. Yes. There's a solid line here where the handyman says, This here <laughs> is Mr. Ed. He kind of comes with the property, like a pond or a mighty oak or the bones of a murdered witch. Yes. Which I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's like very quirky, this handyman. Even though I think he's eventually going to be our antagonist in this series, if there it existed. And he talks about how it's the kidnapping capital of the world per capita. Yes. So Wilbur's an idiot. Wilbur's a total idiot. This would also imply that he would have at least some sort of case to work on. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, oh, my next note is Wilbur is a stupid dumbass and I hate him. Yes, I hate him as well. The handyman uh, offers to get rid of Mr. Ed in a few days and refers to him as Glue Pop. Glue Pot. Yes. Because horses are glue, if you didn't know that. And then the horse makes a comment that he can get more play than P. Diddy. Yes. This talking horse is not just a talking horse, but like well aware of pop culture. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I want my talking horse stories to at least make a little bit of sense. I know this doesn't sound too bad so far, but the horse hasn't talked yet. Uh, then... <laughs> then we get, like, a modern, like, mid-2000s rock cover of A Horse, of course, and that's our theme song. Who you calling old glue pot? I can still get more play than P. Diddy. Yes, I don't like the new theme song. Uh, quick story, uh, because this is a short episode and we have time for this. Um... I wasn't a big Mr. Ed fan. Nor was I. But I really liked the theme song. And I remember I was in sixth grade, and for some reason, we were talking about horses. And I should say, in sixth grade, I changed schools. Mm -hmm. So, like, the teachers didn't really know me. So we were talking about horses, and I just sat there and I went, A horse is a horse, of course, of course, but you never heard of a talking horse. And my teacher went, Noah, something to share with the class? And I went, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just singing the Mr. Ed theme because we were talking about horses, so it popped into my head. And she went, oh, really? Do you want to perform the theme song to Mr. Ed for the whole class? And this teacher didn't know me. So I was like, yeah, a uh, horse is a horse, of course, of course, but whoever heard of a talking horse? No, it's The name of the horse is the famous Mr. Ed. We have neighbors. We do. <laughs> but it just cracks me up. It's like, oh, th we don't do that with this kid. <laughs> yes. This kid loves spotlight. I, I do love when teachers think they're catching you by making you do something publicly. Not because you've been quiet so far and they don't realize what you are yet. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I will tap dance in front of this class. Yeah. I will not do it well, Yeah, but I will tap yeah. dance you, in front of If you give me the stage time, <laughs> I will use every second. So, we like, after the cold open, Wilbur's drinking his coffee on the porch as his wife and children run out screaming because there is a raccoon in their house. Yes. Which to me is a feature, not a bug. In one of the, like, the few moments we get with the little brother, he goes, I have a rock, I'm going to crack its skull. Mm -hmm. Because he's crazy. Uh, and Amanda says, like, what do we do? And his wife just says, like, just go to school. And Amanda's wearing a crop top and a belly button ring. And Wilbur's like, wow, she can't wear that. When did she, you can see her belly button ring. When did she get a belly button ring? Mm -hmm. And her mom's like, she looks fine. Let her go to school. Yeah. But Wilbur's more like, no, send her back in with that animal. Yeah, which is why. And then when Amanda leaves to go to school, the wife says, like, you have to ease up on her. Because 
you know, you're going to lose your daughter if you keep treating her poorly. Yes. And Henry is the handyman, by the way, we find out. He's yes. going to take the raccoon and her children out to the country. Yes. Because it's multiple raccoons. This, this stranger is still in their home, just doing stuff. And uh, Charlotte is the wife, I believe? Charlotte says, yes, yeah, Charlotte. I can't believe they gave her a name. I had to look it up on IMDb. <laughs> Uh, so she was like, oh, people out in the country drive all the way to the country? And he's like, yeah, there's nothing out there. Right. Which is a joke that could have landed in, like, a suburbia or a small town. But it's one of those things of, there's nothing out here. Yeah, I can't relate to any of this. And then she asks where the nearest Pilates place is. And he says, uh, take a right out of the driveway, then take a left, and then go all the way back to New York. Sam. Yeah, this guy's an ass. And she's like, I'll just do yoga on the porch. And then Henry starts making downward dog jokes about the wife of the man who owns the house. Yeah. And Wilbur never gets angry enough about this. Yeah, easy, fella. So, we're, let's get to talking horse time. <sighs> uh, so, Wilbur goes into the barn and Mr. Ed just kind of, like, talks, and we do all the bits of, like, oh my god, I must be dreaming. Oh, this is a joke. This is a practical joke. And Mr. Ed just says horrible things. He says that he used to be a cop in Philly, and he used to... In New York. I'm sorry, in New York. And he used to trample hippies. You know New York? Like the back of my hoof. I was a police horse there. <laughs> I'm telling you, you haven't lived until you've trampled a peace-loving hippie. Because police brutality is hilarious. So funny. The funniest. And Mr. Ed also encourages child abuse and misogynist behavior toward Amanda. He's just like, oh, I, I hear you know, the way your wife talks to you. You're the man of the house. It's like, you're a horse. <laughs> also, Wilbur has lost leverage with his family. Forever. Like, if I had to move out of where I loved to go live in the country because you got some weird misogynist bug up your butt, you would never climb out of that debt hole. Well, just to really, like, clarify here, the plot is Mr. Ed... The horse believes that Wilbur needs to stand up to his nagging wife. Mm-hmm. It's all that Oprah bull your wife has given you. Communicate, connect, crap on that. You the man of the house. Now you slap a muzzle on that kid, chop off her hair to make her ugly, and stick her in a room till she's 21. The wife that had no choice but to move to this farm because Wilbur said so. In a town, and I'm sorry, this is 2004. They had internet at this point. A town they clearly did literally no research on. Yeah, because it was the kidnapping capital of the world. And Pilates is important to his wife, but not important enough for them to have, like, looked into this. No. So. So. The, I can't believe this happens. This next scene is insane. The wife comes in, and... He says, 
Oh, the horse talks. And Mr. Ed doesn't talk. And the wife accuses him of drinking because Mr. Ed did give him a bottle of whiskey at one point. And Mr. Ed refuses to talk, refuses to talk. There's an argument where the where Wilbur says, you know, oh, he said I should be the man of the house, says the talking horse. The wife says, oh, yeah, a duck told me the opposite. And Wilbur goes, did the duck sound black? And she's like, the duck isn't real. Yeah. What? Just because there's a black actor playing Mr. Ed. So I guess we can make that point. She storms out. Wilbur turns around and goes, Why didn't you say something for my wife? Listen, there are two things in this world I don't trust. Women and elk. Long story. Look, Wilbur, you... So this is important. Yeah. In the original Mr. Ed, only Wilbur could hear Mr. Ed. Yeah. In this version, Mr. Ed hates women, so refuses to speak to them. And won't speak to the handyman either. Because he just doesn't like Henry, I guess. Yeah. But what is this? <laughs> like, that's not a plot point. <laughs> like, you know, well, I would talk to women, but I hate dames. So Amanda comes home and mentions a boy. Yes. And Wilbur is struggling to connect with Amanda, who clearly resents him. Gee, I wonder why. Yes. So then Wilbur suggests going on a horseback ride on the horse that was just misogynist to your daughter. Yes, they're going to ride that horse. To Are You Gonna Be My Girl? By Jet. What are we doing? <laughs> and then they hit a bump, and the dad says, Okay, that, I, all right, I'll just. Uh, well, hope you didn't have your heart set on a new little brother or sister. Yes. So, you know, dad has you ride this misogynist horse to a song? Are you gonna be my girl? Mm. And then makes a joke about his own. Possibly malfunctioning genitalia. Yes. Like, makes a joke to his child about, like, weird. So then Amanda's talking about being popular. And, like, she talks about boys she likes. Well, it's important. She says that she already made a lot of friends and she's very popular. And Mr. Ed asides to Wilbur. No kidding. Did you see the skirt? Yeah. So there, there's no denying that the horse has checked out Wilbur's daughter. Right. And she mentions a boy she liked uh, who is a John Mayer vibe. And then the horse tells the New York lawyer who John Mayer is. Yes. Because for some reason, a horse that lives in the middle of nowhere knows more about John Mayer, an adult contemporary musician. Yeah. Like, this wasn't a teenage idol. John Mayer was, like, solidly adult top yeah. 40. John Mayer is a, the kind of artist Amanda might have made fun of Wilbur for liking. Yeah! 
And Wilbur woodenly goes, oh, yes, the popular musician. Yes. So He's from New York City. Yes. Like, he's not from the middle. Plot hole. Um, and then she mentions the boy she likes with the John Mayer vibes, Hank. And Mr. Edmund aside says, Simpson? And Wilbur repeats that because apparently he's so stupid, all he can do is repeat a horse. Yeah. And Amanda is a little weirded out. Yes. And then afterwards, we we get away because after that, the writers are too lazy to continue writing this conversation. And Wilbur is gushing to Mr. Ed that he and Amanda had a whole conversation. Yes. And he feels real good about it. But the horse apparently gets around with all the hot goss as well. And knows that... uh, He says he lives in a barn and implies that Hank Simpson has been taking girls into Wilbur's barn. Yeah. To just bang girls. So Wilbur wants to trust his daughter and then Ed prank calls Hank to threaten him. Well, he wants Wilbur to do it, but Wilbur won't. So Mr. Ed... Being the protagonist and good friend of Wilbur uses a phone and calls up this kid and says, Hello? Is this Hank? Yes. This is Amanda Pope's father. Now, if you even so much as look at my daughter again, I'm going to stick my leg so far up your behind, you're going to wonder why your mouth tastes like hoof. Uh, I, I, I meant boot. You're going to wonder why your mouth tastes like boot. Yeah. I want to really stress this. This is proving that anyone can hear Mr. Ed. Yeah. Because he uses a telephone. So the idea that maybe only Wilbur can hear him is out the window. We have no reason why, if Mr. Ed doesn't want to talk to everybody, why he thinks talking to Wilbur is a good idea. Yeah. We have no reason why he doesn't just talk to anybody, because he also doesn't talk to the handyman. Yeah, he doesn't talk to Henry. Because there's many times throughout the show where uh, Henry kind of walks in while Wilbur's talking to Mr. Ed, and there's like this weird, who you talking to moment. But there's no reason to like have this plot point. This was a big original Mr. Ed plot point. But there's no reason that Mr. Ed can't be like, I talk. I'm a talking horse. I'm probably smarter than you. It's just, there are no stakes, and all the problems are created by Mr. Ed. Yes, that's how I feel. So then we see Henry carrying a burlap bag of possums. Because that's the, what passes for a joke here. Yeah. Is that there's just animals in their house. And Amanda screams at Wilbur for calling Hank, and says she hates him. And... Charlotte says, we invited him over for dinner so that you could apologize. Yes. And, and well, Wilbur also puts it together that it was Mr. Ed. Uh, Mr. Ed has a Zen garden, and then I have a note. <laughs> Noah. That, by the way, that cut is, in fact, that abrupt. <laughs> Noah, quote, even the canned laughter has given up. Yes, there, there gets to a point in this show where not even the audience that is like, fake and being edited in seems to like the show anymore. He yells at Mr. Ed about making this prank call. And he's Mm -hmm. like, now my daughter hates me. Mm -hmm. 
And Mr. Ritter... Yeah, but on the bright side, it's your virgin daughter freaking out. Not some little hoe on the prairie. Right! Holy crap! Yeah, like, I have to mention that line. Because one... Ah, uh, it's that creepy... Like... This isn't even her father. This is her father's horse. Has a creepy paternalist thing. About virginity... I, I would like to go out on a limb here and say it's not paternal. It's simply that Mr. Ed hates women. And controlling their bodies is important to Mr. Ed because he doesn't respect them enough to speak with them. But he'll be damned if they don't remain virgins. Mr. Oh, the next note I have is Noah. Mr. Ed, the horse who hates women. <laughs> oh, Mr. Ed. And I hate women. Next note, Laura. Hey, remember when I was excited that we weren't going to have to talk about gender issues for an episode? Um, so then Henry keeps confronting Wilbur about talking to the horse. Like, that's the other thing is, like, Henry keeps kind of catching Wilbur talking to the horse. Okay, guys. Survey time. How many of you have spoken to a pet? Ever. Oh, many times. Yeah, like... If I was home alone as a teenager, I would kind of just narrate what I was doing to my dog, Max. Yeah. Just to kind of, like, fill the quiet. I'd be like, yeah, Max, I think I'm going to make some toast. What do you think? You want some toast, buddy? Also, what do you, what job could you think of where you might have to, like, practice saying something out loud? And perhaps maybe even sound like you're having an argument. What job? Oh, that, uh, teacher. No, 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 that's not what I'm thinking. Doctor. No. Actor. Th- are doctors really yelling at their patients? Clinician. Not like clinician, a, no. Um, um, let me think. Um, realtor. Yeah, maybe. But I'm thinking of lawyer! Oh, I know, I just, <laughs> I was doing a bit. I know. I was doing, did you hurt yourself doing a bit? No! I think my problem is now that you thought I didn't know you were doing it. No, I was, I was just, that seemed like a good way to finish the bit. It was for me to go, I was doing a bit. In any case. Uh, it would make total sense for a lawyer to just be speaking out loud in his office. Which, by the way, the Barnes' office. Yeah. He had originally planned to evict the horse from it. But has made no other renovations. There's a printer. Because <laughs> I was like, why is there a printer? Oh, right. It's his office. So we get to dinner. And Hank's... Hank implies that he lost his dad to a tornado. Yes. And during this, he has his hand on Amanda's leg. Like, has her hand has his hand on her knee under the table. Yes. And Wilbur sees it and he goes like... So that's good corn, huh? Young and tender and definitely underage. Wilbur. Calling your child young and tender? Yeah. Like, it's it's creepy. It's gross. Like, everything about... Like, you just want to go pick Amanda up and be like, get in the car. Yeah, we'll go anywhere. I, I will... Let's get back to New York. Mm-hmm. You have a friend named Kayla. I'm sure her parents would take you in given the circumstances. Yes. And... Uh, Wilbur apologizes to Hank and 
Amanda and Hank go outside and, like, are chatting before he leaves. And we find out Hank's dad was not taken away by a tornado, but by U.S. Marshals. Yes. And he wants to meet Amanda in the barn after lights out and starts pressuring her. Yes. And she doesn't want to do it, but she wants to be cool. And then my next note is, how much longer is this? Yes. There's five minutes left, but it feels like five hours. Mr. Ed is eavesdropping on this conversation and drops the amazing hysterical line, It's on, Crouton. So Wilbur and Ed agonize over how to drive Hank away without making Amanda want him more. Right. So they come up with a plan. Now, we did miss an important piece of foreshadowing at the beginning of Henry baits the raccoons with peanut butter. With peanut butter, yes. Uh, That's why I said the peanut butter whiskey in my tea. Mm Mm-hmm. With the ra- in the raccoon mug. In the raccoon mug. Uh, which was not an intentional choice. This was the mug I was already drinking. <laughs> I, I had my first cup of tea out of this mug, so I just made my second cup of tea in it, too. That makes sense. So, Hank sneaks into the barn and calls out for Amanda. And he asks her to turn the lights on. Mr. Ed tries to, does not even try to sound like a girl. Does a weird kind of girl voice. No, it's kinkier in the dark. Why do you sound so different? Uh, 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 I just got my tongue pierced. Oh, right. (laughs) Oh, because he says she sounds weird. And he says, I just got my tongue pierced. Yeah, since dinner, she got her tongue pierced in the country. And then you know? Mr. Ed encourages Hank to put peanut butter on himself. And why don't you get out of those clothes? And smear that peanut butter I left out all over your hot body. Peanut butter? Just do it, bitch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's 2004. Mm-hmm. And that's a punchline. And then he puts peanut butter on himself and he gets chased by animals. Yes. So the raccoons chase him away, and this is important. The daughter sees... From her window. From her window, the boy she likes, in his underwear, running away from raccoons. And then, the next day, comes down and goes... Okay, don't make a big deal about this, but your instincts about Hank were so cosmically correct. He's a raving lunatic. You don't say. Totally. He called this morning and said that I was some kind of freaky peanut butter eating dominatrix. I mean, I don't even like peanut butter. Can we talk about how I'm sure this boy has like marks on him to kind of prove some validity to the story? Yeah. How it would hurt her social standings if she was known as the peanut butter dominatrix in school? Yeah. She's cool with it. She's like, ah, no one will care. But it's the most popular kid in school. Saying she's a peanut butter dominatrix. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Peanut butter dominatrix. It's a great name. Like, that would totally stick in a high school set. Yeah. Who's that? Oh, that's peanut butter dominatrix. Yeah. Wilbur and Mr. Ed just ruined this woman's life. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then... And again, one of the things was they were trying to escape New York. In New York, that would have probably blown over eventually. Yeah. Because if you're in a big enough high school, 
I graduated in the class of 500. Like, nobody stayed big news for that long. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this happened at the dance? In a couple days, somebody else would do something else. And that would be the big news. Also, when you're a high school of 500 kids per class, no one person's ever the main character. Yeah. Because 499 people do not care. So... Wilbur's so happy he kisses Ed, who says, I don't ride side saddle. Because we hadn't had a homophobic joke yet. What does that even mean? What does that mean? Do you know what riding side saddle is? No. Riding side saddle is, if I'm wearing a dress, like a longer dress, mm-hmm. how I would sit maybe sideways on the horse. So that not like one Oh, leg. I know what the act of sitting side saddle is oh, on a horse. He's using it as a euphemism for homosexuality. How? How? Like, make those fit together. Because it's feminine. And the show was written in 2004, lazily. It just, it, it just, it's such a stretch for a, a pun that doesn't really exist. It seemed to be preying on the idea that we as the audience won't question. Yeah. Like, oh, side set almost mean gay. Because I guess I don't know anything about horses. I also want to point out that she says something about being into a new guy who's in her class that's 25. But that's okay because they're in the same grade. Because we also need to make fun of these dumb hillbillies. Yeah. So, who's the show for? And also, the idea that, like, I'm sorry, most 15-year-olds know not to date a 25-year-old. Yeah. I think a 15-year-old would just be like, ew. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's an old man. So, uh... Henry's going to finally take Mr. Ed away, but Wilbur decides to keep him. And Henry's like annoyed about it. He goes, there's something weird about you and that horse. Not sexy weird, but weird weird. Yeah. Setting up that this repairman's going to be the the antagonist, that they're going to constantly have to hide their secret that Mr. Ed talks. But there's no reason to keep that secret because Mr. Ed could just talk to him. Yep. He could even do his lady voice. So, Ed expresses his gratitude to Wilbur. For not having him get turned into dog food. And Charlotte comes in and teases Wilbur if she should be jealous about him hanging out with the horse. And kisses him, telling him he did well with Amanda. And she found a Prada outlet. Yes. And she goes, you know, the kids are out whittling or skipping stones. And she's trying to seduce Wilbur in the barn, but he doesn't want to do it in front of the horse. Yes. And mentions, like, we're getting thicker curtains for the bedroom. Yeah, because the horse can talk. And the horse likes to watch people have sex. And the horse will make misogynist comments about his wife later. Yeah. He's going to have opinions on the performance. And what do you know? Fox. Fox, yeah, that's the end of this is like a disclaimer about how this should not be distributed and should be destroyed uh, because it is just a pilot and it's clearly from Fox. And I was like, well, that's not a surprise. Yeah, it it's very, very bad. Uh, the There's a really, un, the research for this is actually tragic. Oh. Uh, Drake Sather was the creator of Zoolander. Oh. And the last thing he worked on was he was the executive producer 
for this TV remake of Mr. Ed and uh, ultimately died of suicide. Because of this? No, I don't think it was as a direct cause and effect, but he was not happy with his career. He was very much doing this for the money. Okay. And he... There's one Vulture article that I felt was very um, poorly written. Okay. Uh, So I'm trying to... It was the some of very little research I could find about this, so I had to kind of sift through the sensationalist, kind of gross reading of this article. People were pointing the finger at this, because why not? Well, making, like, remarks about, you know, whether doing it for just the money, not the art, is valid, and Mm. the... Gotcha. That's a tragedy. That's, That's a shame. It really, truly is. And it... It's... He wrote this... uh, He wrote this reboot. This heavily smacks of executive meddling up, down, and sideways, though. Yeah. It's... Like like I said, I guarantee you someone said, let's reboot Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed's for old people. This isn't going to be your grandma's Mr. Ed. This is going to be edgy. Mr. Ed's going to say, bitch, we're going to say... We're going to call people peanut butter dominatrixes. We're going to call 15-year-olds? Yes. And he's going to hate women. Ah, uh, guess what? Guess what? What? What do you think my verdict on this oh, is? Oh, this is going to be a stay doomed. This is such a stay doomed. Yeah, it's a stay doomed for me for obvious reasons. But I would like to venture a how I would fix this. Okay. How do you update Mr. Ed? I think making him a police horse would have been very interesting. Yeah. To to put it in like a different setting. But I think what you do to make Mr. Ed like new and different is you make it constantly unclear if Mr. Ed talks or if Wilbur's just insane. Yeah, or... You make Mr. Ed really, truly endearing to the rest of the family, and then he's just a jerk to Ed. Or to Wilbur? To Wilbur, yeah. (laughs) So you make it like, oh, he tromps through the countryside with Danny. He's gentle with Amanda and lets lets her ride him. Uh, He's funny and lets, like, Charlotte, like, take pictures of him and stuff. And then it's just rude to Wilbur. So Wilbur hates the yeah, horse. Wilbur is just like, you guys don't understand. He talks and he hates women. Do not trust this horse. And, and Mr. Edge just like. Yeah, it's this was so bad. But I also think it'd be like kind of interesting if it was like, I didn't call Hank. And threaten him. It was Mr. Ed. It's like, it came from your cell phone. Like, like it came from your office phone, which has a password. <laughs> like, little things that just be like... Like, or he wakes up in the barn. Yeah. <laughs> just like, well, I just, I was just, I was working on it and I fell asleep. It's like, no, you were in the barn the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I kind of like this idea that, like, maybe Wilbur's just crazy. Yeah. And then we can end the show with him dressed as a horse, just insane. Yeah, like, 
Anything else? Anything besides <sighs> Mr. Ed, the horse who hates women? <laughs> yeah, this was heavily... And I understand, like, this was the mid-2000s, and humor in the mid-2000s was very racist, misogynist, and homophobic as kind of a trend. I mean, I remember... And if you had to write for network standards, you ended up shaving off a lot of cleverness in a lot of ways. I remember in the late 90s when I was a big WWE fan, uh, WWF fan, uh, there was the Attitude Era. And it was all about pushing the envelope, right? Yeah. And pushing, see how, like, we had Jerry Springer, we had all this other stuff, and we were pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope. And I remember having the thought in the early 2000s of... We're out of places to push the envelope. Like, yeah. it's to the point where we've just gone so far in being offensive and being sexualized and being brash that, like, where, where else is there to go? And that's, like, this is kind of the result of that. Like, being edgy to the fault of not being clever. And that's, that's Mr. Ed. Yep. So, after what happened with Legally Blonde and Mr. Ed <laughs> and, uh, and, and Girls Gone Wild, uh, I just told Laura to pick whatever she wanted. <laughs> so, Laura, what are we watching next week? It's time. I wanted to find another reality show because I like reality shows. But you know what else I like? Musical theater. Mm. Mm. You know what else I like? The late 2000s. Okay. You know what else I like? Legally Blonde. The, you the musical. Oh. No, wait a minute. Are you about to say the search for Well Woods? I'm about to say the search for Well Woods. We don't have all of that. I have everything except for 10 minutes of episode 5. And we usually, like, exclude things that don't have all the episodes. I watched Mr. Ed, The Horse Who Hates Women. I watched Girls Gone Wild, The Test Who Hates Women. And I also watched Legally Blonde, the TV series, The Legally Blonde Adaptation That Hates Women. So we're gonna do what I wanna do. Okay. <laughs> so we will be watching next week. Legally Blonde, The Search for Elle Woods. Is that what it's called? Yes, it is. All right. All but 10 minutes of it. That's right. Where can people find us? You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you're a horse that hates women, don't reach out to me. Seriously. But uh, if you're a talking animal that's pretty cool, I'm at Plus Two Comedy on Twitter. <sighs> If you like musical theater and versions of Legally Blonde that don't hate women, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed.